in Psalm 39, we see David still suffering because of the sin that he committed, but yet he recognizes how short life is. And this idea that what we are dealing with here on earth is so temporary and so small compared to eternity and how we're going to live our lives in light of eternity. So I pray today that as we kind of look at this continuation of yesterday's psalm where David is just in a place of dealing with the consequences of his sin, that it would help us to remember when we are faced with making these decisions, whether we want to pursue God and his path for our lives or pursue our own path for our lives, that there's not a whole lot of time. And, and perhaps even that thought process will help us realize that we don't want to be wasting time living in opposition to God's plan for us. So I pray that insight blesses you today as you think through what it means to live like every moment matters. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are reading from Psalm 39. This is a Psalm of David. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. But when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me as I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue, show me, O Lord, my life's end. And the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. 
Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Save me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of fools. I was silent. I would not open my mouth, for you are the one who has done this. Remove your scourge from me. I am overcome by the blow of your hand. Your rebuke you rebuke and discipline men for their sin. You consume their wealth like a moth. Each man is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Be not deaf to my weeping, for I dwell with you as an alien, a stranger as all my fathers were. Look away from me, that I may rejoice again, before I depart and am no more. This psalm, Psalm 39, is essentially a continuation of the theme of Psalm 38 from yesterday, because David as the psalmist is still experiencing God's discipline in his life. And so he realizes that he's experiencing punishment from the Lord. And he says, I'm overcome. This is verse 10. I'm overcome by the blow of your hand. He wants to know how long he's going to have to endure this direct discipline from God. And he prays that he will not die in this place of being separated from God. I don't know about you, but I have been there in times in my life, whether I realized it was discipline or not, whether I realized it was God's intervention in my life or not, or whether it was just suffering. I've, I've been there praying this prayer of like, okay, God, how long is this going to last? I can't take this anymore. And I appreciate the vulnerability and the raw emotion that we see in the scriptures. I think, I say this all the time, I think we have a tendency to think that um, the Psalms are just praises for who God is. But, But in reality, we can identify with David and the emotions of David as he's going through this because there's such human emotions. And I love the example of staying in direct communication with God, even in the midst of suffering, even when it's the result of our own sin. I I think for me, my temptation is to withdraw from God and withdraw. I mean, I withdraw from everybody, but specifically to withdraw from God when I am coming back from the consequences of my own sin. I might say like, oh, I'm sorry, God, please help me not to do that again, or please forgive me or, but, but if there's like a longer consequence to, to sin, I allow that guilt to drive me away from God. And instead what we see is this beautiful example of David where he's turning to God and saying, okay, I know I did this to myself, but I need your help. How long is this going to last? And I think there's something to be said for that example. In verse 4, verse 4 through 6, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. In through four, four through six, David is praying that the Lord will help him really fully understand the meaning and the purpose of this brief span of life on earth. And I want to point that out because God has given each one of us just a short time on earth as a period of both opportunity and testing. And so the goal is to determine whether we're going to be faithful to God in this corrupt world 
that is opposed to God and it's opposed to his word. And so we may spend our days living for the pleasures of this world and not really thinking about our real home in heaven with God. Or we may journey through this life with the attitude of a pilgrim or a, a true follower of God that is in search of something better than what this life offers. And so that, that requires something of us. It requires us to reject the pleasures and the practices of the world. It, it requires us to live by God's standard, which is sometimes difficult in the world we live in. It requires us dedicating ourselves to his purposes and to spreading the message of the gospel because the, the ultimate goal is that we want others to discover this relationship with God. And so we should all be learning to live with wisdom and to make the most of the time that we have here on earth. Because not only for what we do for God, but for what it will do eternally, that impact is going to make eternally. And, you know, I, I used to say this all the time, and I think I have evolved a little bit, but, but not too much, um, that every moment matters. And I still believe that. I think my theology has evolved on it a little bit. I used to say every moment matters, meaning every moment we have on this earth has an eternal impact. And I still believe that. I used to use that as an excuse to not sleep and to burn myself out and to be a workaholic. Um, and now I recognize that even those moments of rest matter. And so that's what I say when I say, that's what I mean when I say I've evolved on that. But I still firmly believe that every moment matters. And we are the ones that choose that because God has given us free will. So we are the ones that choose which way we're going to allow our lives to determine this path for us. A couple things I just want to point out so you don't overlook them. In verse 11, uh, you rebuke and discipline men for their sin. You consume their wealth like a moth. Each man is but a breath. This was an age that was largely dependent on wool for their clothes. And so um, not everybody has real wool right now. And that that's something that um, perhaps as a culture, we don't really deal with as much as they did. But moths lay their eggs in wool, which then hatch into larvae that then eat the material. And so not even the most enduring commodity like precious metals can endure underneath God's judgment. And so that's what verse 11 is referring to. And actually, I want to back up a little bit just because um, I want to make sure we don't skip over this. In Psalm 39 verse 1, it says, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. I relate to this, um, but I used to think it was because... I'm a talker, obviously. And when it says, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin, I will put a muzzle on my mouth. I used to think that that meant just keep your mouth shut um, and not talk. But if we think about this in terms of the historical and cultural background, what time frame this was written in, it has another meaning that I think it is easy to overlook. Um, this is not talking about the restraints of horses because the use of horses in the ancient world, it was not that common yet. It wasn't until 
Solomon's reign that horses were used on a large scale. So this was not, would not have been common language. Instead, what he's using for that term muzzle, it's talking about the kind of muzzle that was used to keep an animal from eating the grain as it was working near it. And so, um, yes, there's this allusion to guarding the tongue, but notice it says in the presence of the wicked, as long as the wicked are in my presence, the muzzles design was to keep the animal from consuming the grain. And if we think about this in terms of the presence of evil, don't digest what they're giving you. Don't take in the things that other people, especially non-believers around you are saying. I think that's the, the better implication, the better explanation. And then in verse five, you've made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. You might be able to tell from context clues that a hand breath is a small measurement. Um, but that again is a cultural term and it is a term of a smaller measurement. It, we see that also in Exodus chapter 25 in first Kings seven and second Chronicles four. And it's essentially the width of the palm that is measured across the hand from the thumb to the end of the little finger. It's, it's usually about, um, you know, just a couple inches. And so what he's saying is, is I know that this life, my lifespan is tiny in comparison to you. And so I think that gives us some perspective, even when we are in the midst of suffering, like what we're seeing David go through, you know, he may be suffering as a result of his own sin, but he's recognizing that this whole life that we have is temporary. It's not going to last very long. And then also what we see is a lot of shared topics between Psalm 38 and Psalm 39. So we see things like God's rebuke or discipline. We see this idea of the tenuous nature of life. We see the idea of silence. We see the idea of deafness. We see the idea of um, blows coming from God's hand. But then we see at the end, this idea of the Lord's presence. And so I think it's important to point those out because you can recognize how um, the two are linked together, but then they both end with this idea of God's presence. I'm going to jump down to verse 12. It says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Be not deaf to my weeping, for I dwell with you as an alien, a stranger, as all my fathers were. I want to just explain that a little bit when it's talking about a foreigner or a stranger. The sociology of the ancient world is something that we're seeing here because this noun foreigner um, or stranger, so foreigner would be the word ger and stranger is toshab. The foreigner was the person who took refuge in Israel, who was driven there from his or her homeland by some sort of hardship, whether it was economic hardship, like a famine or, you know, plague, I don't know, plague, but maybe like insects or, you know, something like that. Or if it was political hardship, so they would have been driven into the land. So Abraham was called a ger in Hebron, 
in Genesis chapter 23. Moses was called that in when he was in Midian in Exodus chapter 2. And the Israelites, when they were in Egypt, were called that in Exodus chapter 22. And then um, Elimelech and his family, they were sojourning as a, as a girl, they used that word when they were in Moab in, um, the book of Ruth. So on the kind of similar term, stranger is talking about, it's a different word, Toshab. It, it is talking about residents who were probably less assimilated into Israelite culture than the foreigners. So, um, Sometimes, like in First Chronicles, those two words are used synonymously, but sometimes they're they're used as you know to describing two different people groups. But either way, what's it say? Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Be not deaf to my weeping, for I dwell with you as an alien, a stranger, as all my fathers were. He's describing the separation he feels. That is the result of the sin that he has willingly committed. And I think sometimes that separation, um, that spiritual consequence, at least before we have confessed that sin, is worse than any of the guilt or the emotional or the or the physical consequence of what we suffer. I think overall, Psalm thirty nine is really this poetic essay on how short life is, and and the implications that that has. And all of us at some point, I think, should engage in this kind of thinking, because when we do, hopefully we'll find that that this thought process helps us to have a more meaningful life. It helps us to understand um, that we don't want to live in this place of consequence. And, you know, that might last different periods of time, depending on the amount of sin or the kind of sin. But either way, it doesn't lead to a season that we would want to repeat. In fact, it it leads to, as we can see in David's language, this sense of just suffering. And I think that kind of lends itself to this whole idea of like, okay, life is short. Like I said before, uh, every moment matters. What am I doing with my life? Am I living out this calling that God has for me or am I wasting it? And dealing with the consequences of wasting it because I'm trying to live for myself. I think that's probably our biggest takeaway from Psalm 39. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read it again. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. But when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me as I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere hand breath, and the span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Save me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of fools. I was silent. I would not open my mouth, for you are the one who has done this. Remove your scourge from me. I am overcome by the blow of your hand. You rebuke and discipline men for their sin. You consume their wealth like a moth. Each man is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Be not deaf to my weeping, for I dwell with you as an alien, a stranger, as all my fathers were. Look away from me that I may rejoice again, but before I depart, I am no more. 
God, help us to recognize, as David did, how short life is and allow that to help keep us from settling into the complacency of sin and forgetting that there is consequence to our sin. Lord, I pray that as we go through our day today, that we would just have this undercurrent, this sense of understanding how quickly this life is and that we would feel this call to make every moment matter. Not that we need to be so overburdened and burned out, but that we would recognize that the things that we do on this earth in this lifetime will impact the next. Lord, I thank you for the reminder of how small, look at, look at the palm of our hand, how small our lives are in comparison to who you are. So God, I thank you for this reminder. And I just pray that in those moments of suffering, or even if we're not in a moment of suffering, even in a moment of clarity, that we would recognize that um, we have such a short time and that you would help us to lean in to whatever it is you have called us to do. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hey friends, I just want to let you know that we have lots of great resources for you in the She Hears shop. So if you are looking for something to do after you finish the She Hears Bible study, or even if you would like a Bible to go along with the Psalm study that we're doing, we have lots of note-taking Bibles and journaling Bibles. There's kind of something for everyone in there. And a new thing we put in the shop is something I love. I use it with my teenage daughters, is the real pretty Bible books of the Bible markers. So you, they're little tabs you put on the outside of your Bible and they help you easily be able to see and flip to different books of the Bible. It's so helpful like for church or when you're doing a Bible study to easily be able to see where you're going. So I pray all those things are resources that you will find helpful. And again, you can find those at shehears.org on the resources page. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.